Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car, and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself... Is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast. As Bob Marley once sang, sun is shining, weather is sweet, Newcastle and Wasp have just been fucking battered. <laughs> I am Lee Calvert of bloodandmud.com and joining me over there as usual is... Uh, I'm Josh Gardner of rookishitwatch.com, I think. Yeah, as Bob Marley also said, we jamming and me hope you like jamming too. If he replaced jamming with talking shit for far too long with some rugby sort of thrown in, then in, well, we'd be right with him, you'd be right with him, and that's why yeah. you're here. Welcome yes. along. Uh, you can get in touch with the pod. You can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com, and there's a website which I never update. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that's that's appearing, isn't it? That's something yeah. worth to look forward to. <laughs> that's, that's, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> uh, what that's about you, Josh? How do people get in touch with you? Do you have a website you update? Um, I have a website that I very occasionally update, uh, which is RoomShitWatch.com. In fact, that I updated it just today. Oh yes, that, what's um, on it today? Or, Anything uh, to new tickle? Glo- new, Gloucester, new Gloucester home shirt. I like I the new Gloucester home shirt. I like shirt. it. It's a throwback to that old uh, two thousand and two, three when they were actually not a shambles yeah. era. Shirt. When they had a like monstrous it. pack that moved slowly. Yes. <laughs> well, which uh, and now they've just got a. a pack that isn't that monstrous but still seems to move quite slowly. About Mandy Hayes, he moved quite quickly. Yeah, he's fairly rapid. Um, yes, so at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirtwatch, RugbyShirtwatch.com Bish Bash Bosh, enjoy. Uh, there's also, we're on Acast, we're on iTunes, but we're also on Patreon. Oh yes, we are. Patreon.com slash Blood and Mud, where, where for a very small fee you can welcome yourself into the Aled Brew Lounge where you will get this advert, you'll get this episode advert free. You will. 
Uh, you will also get our bonus episodes of A Rugby Life. There was one last week, that, uh, if you've heard it, which was interesting. There's another one coming up, and we've got the rugby starting, the rugby history one starting again on the 7th of June. Indeed. So that, that'll be exclusively on the Patreon. It'll cost you $2 a month, so that's about £1.40, I think. £1.50, something like that. It's not bad, is it? Not bad if you want to sign up. But uh, that's the Allied Brew Round. So you go to patreon.com slash bloodandmud, click on the Allied Brew Lounge, and you can join oh, for yes. that much. However, we did create the Allied Brew Lounge VIP area for people oh, yes. who really wanted to say they, like, they like it's us. the gold rope behind the red rope. Indeed. You, indeed. So our never-ending love, thanks, and respect goes to Chris Davis, Graham Gulvin, Oshin Collins, Robert Terry... And Andrew, who didn't leave his last name. Just that. Maybe he's like Prince. Maybe he is like Prince. Maybe it's Andrew Sheridan. You don't want to, you don't want to say who he is. Oh, maybe. maybe it's maybe. Rob Andrew. <laughs> now we're talking oh. VIP. I bet that, it's not, though. That would put the cat amongst the pigeons vis-a-vis our entire fucking <laughs> shtick. Let's be honest. Anyway, thank you, Chris, Graham, Oshin, Robert, and Andrew, for being Indeed. the founder <laughs> members and the original lineup. Of the Aled yeah. Brew Lounge VIP Club, because they're the yeah. ones who've chosen to pay that little bit more for the VIP yeah. area, which they're gets like you a mention on of, here. Yeah, they're like sort of, uh, what's that? Uh, sugar babes before, like. Oh, yeah, when the they gin- keep changing them. With the, yeah, well, they're like, they're like sugar babes with the ginger, with the ginger one. one in. Yeah. yeah. And what was that That's band Ricky Martin was in? Well, it's been going for 27 years, and it, it's always 17 year olds that's in it. Yeah, oh, you've lost me. No it's idea. called something. It's in wherever Ricky Martin's from. Somewhere <laughs> Hispanic. <laughs> oh, we've had a strong start. Yes. Remember when he came out as gay? Shocked. Shocked uh, I was, was. It was one of the most shocking revelations. The same with Liberace, to be honest. It absolutely <laughs> rocked me to the core. Uh, anyway. Anyway, speaking of being rocked to the core, should we have a player spotted? <laughs> yes, we should. This is where we ask you guys, as you know, to send in any spottings you've had of players. Preferably we like the mundane ones, but we'll, we'll yeah. take anything, really. Yeah. We'll I take mean, anything. We like the mundane ones, but if you do insist on being interesting, I suppose you will read that out as well. Well, speaking of interesting, listen to this. Nick <laughs> Evans got in touch via the Facebook Be page. Nick Evans? Yeah, not that one, I don't think. Oh, no, shit. no. And he He's said... got loads of crap player spots. <laughs> yeah, he, he sees them all the time. He's seen people having a shit. He's seen everything. Um, mind you, we had that one the other week. Who was it? Was it? No, some bloke was. Was it Shade Organ? Was that? No, Brian O'Driscoll was having a poo. That was the other week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this one's a bit. Vi- <laughs> Nick Evans says this one's a bit vintage, but it's worth sharing, if only for its public health warning. Oh, hello. About ten years ago, while he was Wales's first choice fullback. I saw Lee Byrne having a piss in the toilets in the Eli Jenkins pub in Cardiff Bay. Fair enough. After he'd finished his slash, he walked over to the sink and instead of washing his hands, he spent a considerable amount of time playing with his hair with his pissy mitts. Oh, Lee. (laughs) Not me, Lee Byrne. Then he left without washing them, the dirty bastard. Your listeners should keep this lack of hygiene, basic hygiene in mind when they meet him in the future. So let the word go forth from here. Think about when you present it with Lee Burns' hand, have a think. Yeah, Lee Burns' pissy hands. Pissy mitts. Yeah, he's a walker, not a washer. The fact that, particularly the fact that he, with his pissy hands, like fiddled with his hair. Well, that's not that surprising because I I just thought he did that the whole time. Well, yeah, but he's therefore transferring the piss onto his hair. Maybe that's a maybe. trick. Maybe that's what we're all missing. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's what gave him crystal tips in the 
early to mid 2000s. <laughs> probably was. Maybe. Yes, the the acidic nature of his his hair hand regimen. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, he finishes off. Nick, he says, "I love the show, which I always listen to while I drive around rural Ontario." Now you see, wow. this is what I love about this podcast because one, <laughs> the fact somebody lives in rural Ontario and listens to us, I find amazing. Love that shit. And two, Absolutely the fact the bloke in rural Ontario has got a story about Lee Byrne pissing Lee on Byrne his hands pissing. and styling his hair yeah. in Cardiff Bay. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I would defend Lee Byrne's honour, but he blocked me on Twitter for reasons that I don't really know. Oh, you were talking about before you don't know, do you? You've literally never had interaction no, with him. Literally no idea. And it was before Just you didn't. did this pod, so it's not even like you could have offended him yeah. in some way Just by saying something here. Doesn't like my face, apparently. Whatever. <laughs> I right don't like your pissy hands, Lee. All yeah. right. Yeah. I know you'll be listening. <laughs> so then, anyway. shall we get into? Before we sit down, we're in the clubhouse. Shall we? Shall we decide who we're going to sit next to in the oh, clubhouse yeah, this we week? Better add. It's time yeah. to once again decide who you want to sit to sit next to as we play. Who's down the clubhouse? All right, I'll go first. Go then. on then. First up for you, uh, we've got Johnson, Patterson, Wilson, Thompson. <laughs> Um, a few less names than last week, but yeah, go on. Yeah, he claims to have a Kiwi great uncle twice removed, mm. and so he uses that as an excuse to fanatically support the All Blacks, despite having been born and raised in Dundalk, um, and never having been to New Zealand. He always wears at least two items of All Blacks branded clothing at any given time, and is incapable of watching any Northern Hemisphere club game without providing a running commentary about the aesthetic and skill superiority of Super Rugby players. Oh, um, God, I'll be honest, he sounds that'd be like sitting next to Jack the Ripper or something. Well, it, it goes absolutely on. He's, awful. Never, he's never actually seen the All Blacks play live, and that's despite the fact that he lives five minutes away from Twickenham and they're there literally every other year. Um, and he can only name 35% of the other All Blacks, the rest of the All Black squad, aside from Bowden Barrett. <laughs> um, despite this, however, he will literally take any excuse whatsoever to strip down to his silver fern emblazoned boxer shorts and provide an impassioned rendition of the hacker. So there you go. There's uh, Johnson, Patterson, Wilson, Thompson. And I don't say this lightly, but he sounds like one of the worst human beings I could ever encounter. So that's not <laughs> well, appealing. Well, you haven't heard number two. Go. A shadowy figure known only as the gambler. <laughs> he keeps to himself in the back corner of the clubhouse, uh, unrepentantly flouting the smoking ban. Um, he doesn't really seem to have any. He doesn't really seem to have any interest in watching the games on telly, and spends most of the afternoon slowly working his way through a pint and a bitter and a scotch egg. He's got a stack of betting slips carefully arranged on the table in front of him, and the only really movement he makes is to go back and forth to the toilet and occasionally to the uh, gambler at the side and have a bit ah, of one-on band right, action. Yes. Uh, Does he, he tell might... people off for going near the gambler when he's had the money? Well, in it well exactly. He's ready to drop. He, he might seem like a quiet chap. But uh, rumour has it that he once stabbed a man with a plastic fork for turning off the pub TV when the classified results were coming in. And it's also rumoured that he has a James Alexander Gordon face tattoo on his chest. So, That's, I'll tell you what, this is... I don't want to say it's like Sophie's Choice. That would seem to trivialise it. But it's there's something... <laughs> Here we are. There's something about it, isn't it? Can I choose to sit on my own? Is that an option? Uh, or do you have to choose to sit next to No, you've got to choose one. I think I'd have to go for the gambler because I could probably yeah, just start I mean, talking a... to him about holding the plums or something, yeah, couldn't you, I? You'll have to pass I couldn't stand the other guy. I mean, the other guy just yeah. literally sounds like a despicable person. Exactly. You might have passive smoke in your face all afternoon, <laughs> but at least it'll be quiet, you know? Right then. So I'm going to go for John. What's, what was, no, the gambler. Uh, you're going for the gambler. Right. Here's your choice. Right. Number one, Mike from Risker. <laughs> Already, I'm wary. Right. He's 62, yeah. forwards coach. He has a face that looks like it's been constructed from offal. 
I'm very familiar with that kind of chap. Yeah. And his nose is so smashed in through years of playing as a prop that he struggles to speak. Oh, one of them. No okay. one can understand a single word he says, but yet he never stops talking. So basically, if you sit next to him and go, all right, Mike, he goes, fuck him. So that's basically what you're going to get for the whole time that you sat there. That's my, that, and he's a forwards coach, and the team's not been doing too well. But that's that's Mike from Risker. That's your right. that's, that's yeah, option that's one. Option one. I mean, it's not a great start. But option two is Les Prick. <laughs> he's he's, yeah. he's fifty two. Yep. He's called that because he's the club physio, so he sometimes gives like cortisone injections oh, and stuff okay. when you're okay. But also, he's also called that because he's actually a massive prick. <laughs> well, um, or you, or you can choose to sit on your own. I'll give you that option. Oh, you're, do you know what? I'm going to sit with Les Prick in the hope <laughs> that I can get myself some cortisone injections. You know, just because I'm a bit. I'm I'm thirty. I'm nearly thirty three now. My knees are a bit fucked. It's yeah. So yeah. there you go. Have a seat next to Les Prick. I'm sitting down next to the gambler, and let's talk oh, yes. about the news, shall we? Let's. There's news to be had. Oh, out there, you could tell us who you'd sit next to, or yeah. indeed tell us what the fucking hell's this feature all about. Can you please stop doing it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. By all means, say that because a lot of the time it feels like we're just doing things to entertain <laughs> ourselves, and while we definitely are fucking entertaining ourselves, <sighs> yeah, uh, maybe we shouldn't. Who's you know some well, of you can't pay for this now. Exactly, so, you like... poor buggers. Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's move on to the news now. Yes, news. The biggest news of the weekend. Yes. Now it was a big event this weekend, wasn't it? There are hearts breaking wide yes. open all wide over open. because the world's most eligible bachelor has got himself a lady. Oh. This is the massive news that the legend Haguardo looks like he's taken himself a woman. Yes, she has made an honest cat of him. So I've seen somebody shared a picture on Twitter. He, she's not a jaguar, I don't think. She has a more lioness look about her. Yeah, I'm not sure that they've put a great deal of thought into the sort of biological ramifications of this. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll have a giant or a or a lager. Lager, yeah. A lager, a lager. Holy <laughs> shit, this is a great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> a lag, a laguado. But anyway, yeah. I can only assume it's an open relationship, and there's been some solid prenup agreements made already about what Haguado's is allowed to get up. Haguado looks like the sort of guy that doesn't want to get tied down. You know, he doesn't, does he? I mean, Not unless he's tied to a position. surfboard while women dance around him or something. That's kind yeah, of his. Or, or strapped into a parachute, obviously, as we've seen. So yeah, so. You know, sorry, ladies, and a few gentlemen out there, I imagine. Yeah, but Haguardo yeah. looks like he's he's. Yeah, we're delighted for the happy couple. It's you know definitely the biggest relationship news of the weekend. Definitely, and, nothing else uh, happened this weekend. Nothing happened. Yeah, no. Anyway, uh, what else have we other got? Other news: uh, Paul Gustard is off to Quinns. Yeah, things are going really well with England. I'm very <laughs> yeah. pleased about how well it's going. I bet you are. Sixteen I mean, months yeah, out from I mean, the World Cup. It's it. I was. I didn't think it was that big a deal until the moment where he was like, yeah, of course England can still win the World Cup. <laughs> it's like, well, mate, why the fuck are you going to Quinns, who, let's face it, are a bit of a fucking shambles a lot of the time. Yeah, and, well, one, I suppose there is something about being your own boss, which he hasn't been before, and it's a big no. job. So, you know, you probably would fancy that, wouldn't you? But I just don't think that 
coaches at that level are tied into if you truly believe your team has a chance of winning the World Cup, I don't think you leave, do you? Well, what's a year? You know, if if he honestly thought that England could and, and had a, any realistic chance of winning the World Cup, stick around for a year because I'll tell you what, if you win the fucking World Cup, even as an assistant coach, you're pretty much sorted for employment for quite some time. Look how much long Andy Robinson managed to rob a fucking <laughs> living for. And that... And that included and actually. Also, even if you don't do well in a World Cup, you could still yeah. have Andy Farrell's career. Nobody's moaning well, yeah, about that. I think it's like, yeah, even if it's an unmitigated 2015 S disaster, you can still, you know, be regarded as the best defence coach in the world. Or even if you're the head coach, you can still go off and, you know, become a key coach on the best team in Europe. It's not like, yeah, like, I get it. And like, shots at big jobs in the Prem don't come around that often. But increasingly, yeah, they do. Because yes, they do. Well, increasingly, yeah, as you say, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the current the hiring and firing, like no fucker's business. And... I mean, he could he could go for he could go for the Leicester job in the yeah. next six months, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing, and people think say, oh, you know, he wants the security of a five-year contract. It's like, do you honestly think that a rugby coach's contract is worth the fucking paper it's written on these days? Well, you'll get some kind of financial security in it anyway because, you know, yeah. anybody's advised him will say, well, look, you need to make sure they'll pay you at least three years of this if it all goes wrong. Yeah. So, uh, it's just like, yeah, I, I get it, and good luck to him. I don't think, I just, I don't see how this can be a good, well, it could genuinely just be, it's an opportunity too big to turn down, and he thinks, you know what, I'm going to have to go for this, and it's about time I move myself on. And yeah. maybe England have got but somebody lined up. Is, I don't know, they're talking about Sean the Edwards, aren't is, they? But... They're talking about Sean Edwards, which, I'm sorry, the WRU will require literally all of the WRU's money to let their fucking defence coach go and coach England a year out from the World Cup. Can you imagine? Uh, Warren Gatlin would literally want one of Eddie Jones's feet. <laughs> <laughs> and loads of money. I, yeah. honestly don't, I don't know why they don't look at John. Like If they want a fucking good defence coach, John Wells at Newcastle. There you go. Yes. Newcastle, do you remember, when he, do you remember been... when he was England forwards coach? Oh, yeah. Disaster. Fucking yeah. awful. Yeah, but Newcastle, fucking brilliant. The ball was so yeah. slow, it was like it was, it was made out of glue and concrete mixed together <laughs> in dark matter. The ball came out so fucking slowly. Yeah, so I'm saying let's go for it. Oh, well, you fucking would, wouldn't you? Well, because well, the other front runner for the job is apparently fucking Brad Davis at the Ospreys, and you can fuck off with that shit as well, because <laughs> well, he's about the only... There's loads of rumours flying around, because Sean Wayne, the head coach at Wigan... Mm. Has basically resigned this week. Yes, and said I, I won't be. I'm done now. Yeah, and it's and everyone's going ooh because he's like won two grand finals and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So there's, the rumor mill's going bananas now. Saying one rumor yeah. is that he's gone to Scotland, and then the next rumor is oh, has he been? Has he, I can't see the him. I can't see the RFU approaching Sean Wayne at Wigan Warriors. It seems a little bit too far fetched to me. Well, yeah, usually a rugby league coach needs a little bit of bedding down. I mean, because the thing is, Andy's not Indeed. even there anymore, so they wouldn't be able to have a translator to understand what each of each other was saying. <laughs> it's fucking very true, yeah. And it would be exactly the same problem with Sean Edwards. I mean, Warren Gatlin's been at this so long that he can understand what Sean Edwards is saying. <laughs> yes. But can you imagine Eddie Jones and Sean Edwards trying to communicate on oh. any kind of level? Jesus, the mind boggles. Unbelievable. Yeah, so we will see. I mean, best of luck to Paul Gustard. He's shown Absolutely. that he's a quality operator. Although it must be said, there's a hell of a yin-yang thing going. 
bet I bet the people who run the canteen at Harlequins are going, well, what the fuck are we going to do with all this food we've got in that we had to have in for, for John Kingston? Now Paul Gus is coming. It looks like he lives off exclusively off protein shakes and bananas. What the yeah. fuck? And, and once every six months a biscuit. Yeah. Just and he weighs sweet. it before he eats just it. Just a sweet. Just and a he has treat, to do yeah. 27 press-ups immediately after eating it. <laughs> Uh, what else is news then? What else is news? Ashwin Wilhelmser. Oh yeah, on that was Super weird. Sport. Let's have a listen to what actually what he actually said. They came back from the break, and it's him and it's Nick Mallet, and Nas Botha, and it's a lady who's presented his name. I don't know, but this is what he had to say for himself, Wilhelmser, as it came back from the break. See, um, I think it's important for me because you know I've played this game for a long time. Mm. Like most, like all of us, yeah, I think, you know. And um, as a player, I was labeled a quota player for a long time. And um, I've earned hard and worked hard to earn my own respect in this game. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be patronized by two individuals that have played in an apartheid, a segregated year, and come and want to undermine, you know. And so I think, I think for me, I've had, I've had my face. I can't work with people that undermine other people and you know you can sit and you can laugh about it I'm but, not about but it. you know exactly ridiculous. what happened it's fine it's fine i don't mind being ridiculous i'm glad it happens on air so people can see Ash. because you two sit here no it's fine and then he walked well, off that's unfortunate because um the rest was going so well and so was our conversation what the fuck? What the fuck? What <laughs> she the went fuck? all Loris and Alio. Well, that's a shame. No, it's not a shame. He's just he's just stormed off. He's not happy about it. In her eyes when she's saying that's a shame is just she's got someone screaming <laughs> in her ear. Just keep it going, keep yeah. it going. And she is just... Or the whole time he was speaking, somebody's screaming, going, stop him talking. Yeah. Ask him a question. Do something. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. who knows what's gone on there? Obviously, I think you, you said before we came on air, didn't you, that you'd have to have a, a, a significant grasp of the last half centuries political history of South African rugby to start yes. to get into what may have happened. I mean, Willemsen is basically saying it's because Nick Mallet is a prick. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, but, and I don't know what's gone on, but can I just yeah. say that Nas Botha has both the name and the appearance of a Bond villain. <laughs> and Nick Mallet looks like his henchman. Yes, well, yeah. Um, clearly, there's some bad blood there. Um, it's, God knows, it's Who just knows? another example of really just the whole fucking super sport are not is. keen i'm surprised i'm amazed somebody's not leaked what actually happened no well somebody said that he what happened the thing that's been put out is that basically he didn't get a chance to speak uh before the sharks and chiefs game or after the chiefs and sharks game so they run out of time so then mallet basically said off air oh, why don't we give Willemsey an opportunity to speak first? And he interpreted that as him being kind of patronising <laughs> and patting him on the head. Um, but apparently there's a history there. Right. They'd have played together, wouldn't they, those two? Quite possibly, yeah. At the beginning and the end of relative careers, I would have thought. Anyway... Who knows? It was just, it was a great, but from a news point, it was very newsworthy. Put it that way. Yeah. Hence, we're it was talking a about it. Remarkable but... bit of telly. Fair play. It was network esque. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, it yes. really enjoyed. Like, I mean, obviously, it wasn't pleasant, but it was quite, it was weirdly exciting. Uh, the, well, yeah, the more of this, I say. Yeah. Less of saying, you know, you have, to, you have to kick the ball into the right areas and stuff, and more of a, yeah, more, more of say, more of that. Personal vendettas and meltdowns. That's what I want. 
Right. What else have we got from a news like Rob Orham got in touch on Twitter, who's a listener. Yes. And he said, and he sent in this cracking news. He said, Ghana Rugby last weekend won the Africa Bronze Cup at the first attempt. Rugby is tiny in Ghana, but has big ambitions. <laughs> they were the biggest climbers in world rugby as a result. Now, I don't pay much attention to rugby development in um, sub-Saharan Ghana. Africa, I'll be honest. No. But um, uh, I'm glad to hear that's happening. I did go and have a look at Ghana's rugby site after this. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, no, it's good, better, actually. And better got, than you think. Oh, well, yeah, they've, got, they've got a sort of password-protected area for all the governance stuff. And uh, oh, they've, they've got a five-year like development plan and all that kind of thing. It really looks like they've got their act together over there. I mean, yeah. to the point which I've actually emailed them and asked them if, if somebody from Ghana would like to come on one of our, our Rugby Life interview episodes to say what's it yeah. like playing rugby in Ghana. So we'll see. They'll probably think yeah. I'm a hack and not come back to me, but there you probably. go. Probably, but more more things like this. And, you know, It's lovely to see the game growing. It's lovely to see it going to places that it has not traditionally been. And yeah, more power to it. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the sunshine? Has it got to you? Yeah, the sunshine's just I'm I'm slightly sunstroked, so that'll yeah. be it. Yeah. Maybe that's something to Wilhelms and it was just too hot. He's yeah. like, fuck, it's, it's fucking boiling. boiling. I'm here in a suit, you absolute <laughs> fucking bastards. And why do I have to stand up by the pad and those fuckers get to sit down? <laughs> boiling. Anyway. Uh, yes. Any more news? Any more? Uh, I think I'm all out of news now. I'm all out of news. I'm so lost without you. Um, Shall we talk about the weekend and what we may or may not have learned, discovered, realised? Gleaned. uh, Gleaned, good word. uh, Revealed. Yeah, uncovered, unearthed. Uh, I learned that the two best teams are in the Premiership final. Yeah, related to that, I learned that Newcastle have found their level. Yeah. But that sounds shitty, but it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. They've had a hell of a season... Just a little bit below then, Saracens. But is basically being a little bit below those two as a level and being the next rung mm-hmm. down is nothing to be ashamed of at all. No, no. Um, I also learned that Exeter have demonstrated it's really quite easy to win games when you don't give your opponent the ball. Ninety-two <laughs> percent possession and ninety-three percent territory in that Absolutely. first half. Was, was it I've Charlie Morgan who like tweeted it. and said that tweeted and said that ten people in the Exeter team hadn't made a tackle after twenty-five yes. minutes? And they'd made like hundred and fifty or something <laughs> stupid like that. Um, it's a trend, though, isn't it? Because like you look at the way that Ireland play, and they basically just hold on to the ball mm. forever and ever. England tried to do that as well, less well, obviously. There is something um, about a, a possession as a form of defence, isn't there? Yeah, well, they can, you know, just going, being disciplined and dogged enough to just keep possession for huge numbers of phases until you break through. The worrying thing for Exeter, though, is that they scored one fucking try with 92% possession. They scored one try, and that was when they, uh, Newcastle were had a man in the bin at the end of the first half. Like, mm. I don't care how good Newcastle... Newcastle's defence was very good, but I don't care how good your defence is. If... Your opponent effectively has the ball in your half for, let's face it, about 36 minutes. <laughs> I would expect more than one try. It's not been their problem all season, though, so it's, it's no, odd, it's isn't weird. it? Maybe it's he, just... It, you, you, the thing is, you get to this point of the season, it's been a long season, and this effectively becomes tournament football, doesn't it? Massively so. You know what I mean? And so it's about, up on the day. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's about, you know, there's no point in throwing the ball all over the place and running about like an idiot if you don't have to because we've got to play again next week no it's knockout rugby isn't it you know and, and, and as is the way with often with semi-finals and finals you know the, the flash shit gets thrown in the bin in favour of just winning 
That's the interesting thing, isn't it, about the whole playoff thing? And it does, I suppose it shifts tickets, but I suppose it's interesting to, to think about how much better it makes the games to watch. Having said that, I was at the Premiership final last year as a guest of BT. And, um, mm-hmm. and that was, a, you know, that was a, a, a very good game of rugby. Well, and we only need to look down the uh, the M4 and a little bit upwards to uh, Saracens versus Wasps to see that some semi-finals are very much not like that. It's almost uh, like Saracens have suddenly discovered their love of the game again after spending weird, about four it? months going, I don't fucking like this anymore. I'm yeah. fed up. And... I was just like, fuck it, seven tries. Let's and the it. sun comes out, it's like, yeah! <laughs> or is it all simply because Marowitoji's back? Yeah, and Billy Vidapola was back in the first half. And Mako Vidapola was significantly back. Yes. Um, Saracens have got that look about them. That's another thing that I Even learned. Brad... They did that thing when they made Brad Barrett look like a proper, like, 12, rounded yeah. centre. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Like, like I always thought the Wasps were, like, quite a bad matchup. Or Is it a good matchup? I don't know, whatever the kind of matchup where Saracens win, that's the <laughs> matchup that I thought it was, because... Wasps score lovely tries and can score lovely tries against anyone, but they're fucking. Their first try was remarkable, wasn't it? They were just completely under the cosh, weren't they, for ages? And then that's the thing about Cipriani, who we'll no doubt we'll talk about soon. He got the ball and he ran the ball to the line beautifully. Yeah. And the timing of his pass was glorious, and then they were in, basically. Yeah. And it looked so easy. They make scoring long distance, like flip of a switch tries, look incredibly casual and easy. But they just don't have the power or the physicality to compete with Exeter or Saracens. Or, you know what I'm you know... most sorry about in all of this is that what? I, when the, it's boiling this weekend, which it will be, yes. I won't get to see Dai Young in his um, finals order clothing. I know, it's true. It's Full long sleeve shirt, tied on up, blazer yeah. on. Do you know what the best thing about this week that could have been as well? What's that? Is because there's... Thunderstorms forecast for pretty much every day this weekend. Oh, is there? I thought the weather was meant to be good this weekend. Or is that it meant that we could have seen die? It's it's supposed to be like 28 degrees, but with thunderstorms. So we could have had die sweating literally buckets into his shirt and then having to go out onto the pitch in said shirt in a thunderstorm and just looking like something from the end of Say Anything or whatever. (laughs) It's holding a fucking... (laughs) Now there's an image, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> David yeah. Young, soaking yeah, in the wet, John the Mac roll. <laughs> <laughs> Not even manages to hold it above his head because he can't get his hands to join that closely no, above his head. No, just sort of has to hold it. But he only holds it with one hand. He'd have to use a scaffolding plank or something to to, to rest it on. Uh, what else yeah, did we learn? Um, one thing I learned. Like, I, I, it's not really something I learned, but it's something that I had sort of reinforced to be. Wasps are like the fastest team in the world. As like, in their, their players' pace. Yeah. Right. Christian Wade, Vili LaRue, uh, Joanne de Jong, Joe Simpson, Dan Robson, Thomas Young, Guy Thompson. Elliot Daly. Yeah. Elliot Daly. Pretty quick, Every, yeah. Everywhere you look, it's just absolute thorough. And that's how they score those tries so quickly. It's just they get a bit of space and it's just like watching fucking a computer game or something because they're just like, <laughs> me straight out of the outside, try. Easy. <laughs> Like that Thomas Young try, fuck me. <laughs> he, uh, like a man of his size playing fucking open side flanker, it, even in this age of fucking ridiculous athletes, has no business being that quick at all. Ridiculous. And, you know, probably won't even get a game for Wales anytime soon. Oh, he's not getting anywhere near that Wales squad anytime <laughs> soon. 
What else have we learned this weekend then? They've kept him now. They've kept him away from England. Job done. <laughs> yeah. What else? We, what did I learn this weekend? Didn't Danny Cipriani's a fullback again? That's what I've no, learned this weekend. This is why is sense. why does Eddie do this? <laughs> I, I remember. Do you know what I remember? Loves it. England, generally speaking, as a sporting nation, apart from maybe the darts, has struggled with dealing with mercurial talent. Massively so. But right, if you go back to the football in the 70s, right, when you had the likes of Stan Bowles and Alan Hudson and that knobhead who's on Sky now, his name I can't remember now, Rodney Marsh, (laughs) all them. And what would happen was is that the press would go, oh, these are brilliant, they're the best players ever, they're really good, they're really good, they're really good. And yeah. then they get they get pulled into a squad by the manager, usually Don Revy, because he was a miserable get. And they get pulled in, and then he'd basically give them twenty minutes in a fucking hopeless game or a friendly when nobody gives a shit. And then he'd go mm. right again with chance, and they weren't that good. Yeah. So basically, everyone got off my case now. And yeah. And I, I, this this has a, an enormous stench of that. It does a little bit, it. doesn't it? It's in the same way of Matt Letizia, Glenn Hoddle in the nineties, yes, and eighties. And in the same way as sort of, you know, fair play to him. You know, your Charlie Hodgson, your Toby Flood yeah. back in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Was, James Simpson, and, uh, Daniel. James Simpson, Daniel. Uh, well, let's face it, Joe Simpson. Yes. Yeah, true. another player who should have England caps, <laughs> more than one. So even bringing in the likes of an, an outsider in Jones yeah. hasn't changed... That it the would seem. basic mentality, no. But there's definitely something about Jones has kind of done this. You thought, well, it's a summer tour. Nah. I can chuck him in against well, Barbarians. He'll do. The worrying thing is if he actually does well. That's what. Uh... <laughs> well, that's why he's trying his absolute damnedest to make sure that he doesn't. And why was so... what was that press conference about last week? Rebased as well. He doesn't fucking behave himself. He's he's out of here. It's. It's just so... And the thing is to Cipriani, right? He has been, and I think he's the first to say publicly he's been a bit of a tit. Yeah, in years, especially so. in his Australia years and stuff. Oh, massive prick! And to be honest with you, and when I he think came he back his hands up, since he's been working with Steve Black, he's been holding his hands up to that, hasn't he? And yeah. Black kind of works in the psychology of it, doesn't he? And fair play to him for having the sort of you know the the self awareness to go instead of sort of pulling a a Gavesque career fucking self implosion before it's too late. He's gone. I need to fucking take care of this. Yeah, and probably because you get a put to a point in your life. We were saying before you came on that a lot of uh, professional, like professional musicians and, and celebrities, you remain at the age at which you became famous, don't you? Oh, massive. You don't live an adult life a lot. I mean, rugby's oh. a bit better because you don't earn that much money, but a lot of the time, you don't really live an adult life when you're being adored no. by everybody. That's so that's there's a, a, it takes you longer yeah. to get most people go to that knobhead phase. But by the time you're 21 or whatever, you go, you know what, I can't, I've got to kind of. Yeah. And they're effectively, you know, as much as they don't earn sort of football actor money. They do have most of their needs taken care for them by other mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. whether it be club staff, whether it be managers, well, you know, but and it does enforce this kind of juvenile nature onto a lot of them. But do you remember there was a time and when they're being such fucking arseholes when they're out on the piss? By the way, there was another. <laughs> there was a time when um, Harry Enfield was funny, and. I've... Barely remember that, but yeah. He had a, he, and him and Paul Whitehouse did these characters called the Self Righteous Brothers. Do you remember those? <laughs> Not really. No. They'd be sat in the pub talking about how they like somebody, 
And yeah. then one of them would say, well, the Paul Weiss's character would say something about this person they like, and then the other guy would go mental, like just imagining him doing this. <laughs> so, I for do example, they, do you remember they kind of go, you know, oh, yeah, I have my Neil Armstrong as an astronaut. He's welcome around my house anytime. And like, and the Paul Weiss would go, as long as he behaved himself, George. And he kind of changed him and go, oh, well, he, oh, yeah, he'd have to behave himself. And then, like, he'd, like, start winding himself up, imagining Neil Armstrong not behaving himself. Yeah. And he can't help thinking that's what Eddie Jones is doing with Cipriani. Yeah. You, know? you want him in the squad, don't you, Eddie? As long as yeah. he behaves himself. Yeah. Oh, he'd have to behave himself. <laughs> and so, yeah. and then... Right, he doesn't make a massive mistake by buying, trying to be too flash a fucker in a key situation in the game or anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. But just imagine, right, if he comes into the changer in one day and he's got the different... He's, he's like, he says, Hey, Eddie, how's it going today? You bald, mate. If he said that, I'll be fucking, you know. <laughs> you can see, you imagine some of, that's what he kind of did in this press conference. He imagined all these kind of like demons that, that Cipriani yeah. might summon up. And that is incredibly really unfair because Danny Cipriani, for all of the rightful criticism that he's had, has been fucking very good for the last two years. Yes. And he absolutely is like. And if, to be honest, if he actually said he deserves his call up, I'm still working on him with his consistent ability to manage a game at that level yeah. under pressure, that's fine. But to kind of play it as this kind of... It's tokenism. He's taken yeah. him... It, it entirely is. He's been taken to shut some people up. Yeah. And go, there you go, he's shit. Now I can, <laughs> didn't now I I can go... Didn't I fucking tell you? Yeah, now I can go back to having Marcus Smith as my third ten for no appreciable reason and never playing him Because either. he makes... I think that being close to him will give me eternal youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he is my picture of Dorian Gray. And uh... I like to lay my hands on his head. <laughs> head, I said. Um, He's just giving him blood transfusions. What else uh, did we learn? I've already mentioned, but I've learned that Saracens just look absolutely monstrous. Yes. Absolutely really, terrifyingly really. monstrous. Although their defence in the second half was a shambles. They didn't care by then. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, another thing that I learned in 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 an unexpected turn of events, Exeter minus Sexton look a little bit beatable. I mean, demonstrably they they're not because they still won. You didn't mean Sexton, did you? Uh, Leinster minus Sexton. Oh, Leinster. It's an Exeter minus oh, Sexton. Oh. I was like, what? Yeah. No. Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, it was a funny old game that, wasn't it? I mean, they aren't. They are still unbeatable because they, <laughs> because they won. won. <laughs> yeah. But they don't have the same sort of aura of sort of invincibility and inevitability that they have with Sexton on the field. You know, I genuinely thought there was a moment where, well, you know, maybe they will throw this away. Maybe they won't. But they still got incredible strength and depth. Um, but I think the Scarlets, if they want to have any hope of not having another fucking... Viva Stadium prison shaming. They've got a hope that whatever niggle injury that's kept him out on the weekend is is going to keep him out on Sundays or Saturday rather as well because they're peaking at the right time again, hmm. the Scarlets. But I'm just not sure if they've learned any way to make things go differently against Leinster from when it was a couple of weeks ago, you know? <laughs> yes. Although I do think that was a once... In a year performance from Leinster, that was. Uh, it was epic. Yeah, Absolutely and I don't think epic. you can reproduce that. So that everybody was, even Jameson Gibson Park was brilliant. Can I please bring us back to that? That's how out of the ordinary yeah. and weird that performance it was, was. Well, fucking weird. But yeah, the Scarlets looked like the Scarlets of last season again against Glasgow, 
They were Harlem yes. Globetrotting that shit. And Glasgow Sorry. looked like the Glasgow of a few seasons. Why did you know the video? Know. I'm being cruel. They looked all right. They were all right. They just didn't They've had a good up. few years, Glasgow. They didn't um, turn up. I was going for a, gr- a joke that would have been too cruel and unfair. See, I do hold <laughs> back sometimes. Um, speaking of Leinster, mm. you know, obviously me and you have probably got some quite solid inferiority complexes, haven't we? Oh, massively so, yeah. But I've, I don't think I've ever felt any more inferior than every time I think about James Ryan. Yeah. Everything about him. He's, he's just... kind of reaching George Orwell 1984 Big Brother levels of power. Yeah. I expect to not... wake up in the morning and have his like, head on a screen in the corner telling me I'm rubbish and I need to get out of bed. <laughs> he's literally never, ever going to lose a game of rugby. That's what I've just resigned myself to now. He's never, he's never losing ever. Because it's the game he's winning, isn't it? It's just yeah. staggering. He will be the first rugby player to ever retire undefeated. I was chatting to somebody in work, and they said, and I was talking about this, and they said, um, "Yeah, but is he that good, or is it because he's in a?" I said, "No, seriously, no, no, no. <laughs> he's he's." No, he's... Some, he, I mean, this lad I told you was an Everton fan. I said Lee Carsley didn't lose a game for six months or something. He was shit. I said, "No, really, no, he's yeah. he's ridiculous." Yeah, yeah, he looked. Like, he's the best player in that Leinster team at the moment. And in that Leinster team. In that Leinster team. And every time, team. no matter how well they play, he still looks like the best player in that Leinster I team. I know. It's fucking terrifying. Thank God they let Tag Burn go. Imagine those two in the same blood. I mean, we'll have to for Ireland, unfortunately. Yeah. But is he going to monster that, burn? He is, yeah. Did you learn anything else, Josh? Uh, yes, I learned um, away from the big games this weekend. Uh, I learned that Matt Sherrod has got a job on. Uh, current Blues attack coach is heading down to Swansea for the Ospreys next season and judging by their absolutely <laughs> shambolic lack of basic skills, attacking pattern and general competency in any facet of the fucking game in the Champions Cup playoff defeat against Ulster, um, he's got his work cut out to get them playing anything approaching what looks like rugby. It's um, They were fucking That shite. was a weird old game. <clears throat> it was terrible. It, it, everyone on the field looked like they thought the same as well. You know, the kind yeah, of what nobody what's cared this about that game. It was just like, and it, I think it's because they knew this. Like, whoever, whoever wins this game is going to get fucking battered in yeah. Europe next year. Well, Who that's, the, that? that's the truth of it. It's like, okay, we get to we have to go and play in the Challenge Cup next year and we got to fuck off to Russia or wherever. But you know what? It's better that than being literally the lowest ranked qualifier in the fucking so you'll be in with fucking Saracens and. <laughs> Months Racing and, and Leinster. And Ra- yeah, <laughs> you'll be in there with three teams that are probably better than you, and two teams that are probably going to absolutely fucking mulch you. Yeah, it'll be a group of death where you literally get killed. Yeah, it won't even not be... even metaphorically. They will yeah, murder there will you. Be... <laughs> there will be no like recovery for that. We're so playing in the Heineken Cup again. Do you know but, what uh... I learned this weekend as well? What I like. That Ireland has loads of people. If you look around the squads in Ireland, there are loads of people that have names mm. that kind of sound like old people. So yeah. Munster has Andrew Conway. That shouldn't be a young yes. athlete at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the bench for Leinster this weekend was Barry Daly. That's not that's not a young up and coming professional rugby player. No, he looks like somebody who should. Should be basically playing for them in like you know the nineteen fifties yeah. or something. Andrew Porter, that's not. I mean, you know, it's just not. It's just not. This is not how it should work. No, it's true. Darren Sweetenham, I'm sorry, no. 
not a professional who plays games. <laughs> Think long and hard about whether this name is going to suit you. Do you remember when The Simpsons, when, when Homer changed his name to Max Power and things started to go well for him? Yes. There's something, there's something along those lines that you all need to consider. So that's what I, yeah. I learned this week. Maybe, maybe you change that. You change your name to something sort of vaguely like old sounding, and all of a sudden <laughs> you become really good at rugby. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe. What else did anyway. you learn? Anything? <laughs> um, I learned that um, while on the surface <laughs> there is nothing wrong with James Haskell going to the royal wedding. <laughs> Can I just go on record and say that you've mentioned this, not me? But go yeah. on. Look at it. He's injured. Fair enough. Yeah. But the royal fucking wedding's not the sort of thing you can send a maybe I'll see how it goes on the RSVP, is it? No. So, like, would he have been asking for the day off if he hadn't been injured? Well, some, I'm assuming yeah, he must have weeks point, ago it... said, yes, I'll be coming. Yeah. Like, it's not like he said that recent, like, you know, like not that long. Yeah, he said, "Oh, by the way, Hazza, just to let you know, injured, so I'll be able to pop over to the wedding next week." It's just, hmm, hmm. It's it's it's. It, it, I'm sure that he would say that if that he had been fit and they had been playing, then he would have said that he wouldn't go to the wedding and whatever. But the problem is that his relentless self-promotion creates that sort of doubt about your commitment to the game that you don't exactly want when you're joining a new team and trying to salvage a test career, really, do you? Especially no. given that he's leaving Wasps under a bit of a cloud. It's kind of like, really? I mean, Delalio absolutely fucking laid it and absolutely went in on him. In the <laughs> I didn't see it, no. Yeah, he was basically just like... <laughs> he should. Be, he used to be Wasps... You know, he's a Wasps player. He used to be Wasps club captain. The fact that he's not here supporting his teammates and their biggest game of the season and he's fucking glad-handing at the Royal Wedding is uh, not what Lawrence would have done in his See, day. I'd have loved Let's it, if, it if, that. if Hugh Edwards would have lost his shit like that about it on like, the Royal Wedding commentary. <laughs> what the fuck is that guy doing here? <laughs> yeah. The fucking it's team not, are playing with the biggest game of the season. It's a fucking game, don't you know? <laughs> what do you think about that, Dermot? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's it's a bit. It just it just. I think it kind of sums up. And in a way, I suppose he's looking towards the end of his career now. I think it does just sum up where he sees himself now. I think. It, it is. Yeah, massively so, and not in a good way. But yeah. you know, whatever. That's uh, that's his thing. What else have we? Well, no, that's it. I've, that's all I've learned. Yeah, that's all I've learned. Let's uh, shit this good and get out of here. Let's do that shit good ratings. Should we do yeah. good first? Can I just say, thank you everybody, as usual, who submits shit good ratings for us. Yes. You've you've all sent in a lot of shit this week. Yeah. Is it the heat? We, Is it getting you do down? Shit? British people don't do well in the heat. <laughs> Should we do shit first then, to sort of start, so we can end on a positive note and try and cheer these fuckers up? Because I'll tell you, I've got some fairly un light-hearted shits coming up so uh <laughs> can i just say so, this first shit is uh matt ford my old mate on twitter hello matt yeah uh he said shit you're a day late wow he said also shit is the rugby season's almost over ah yeah but you see if you were signing up to, to patreon matt you get some lovely blood and mud episodes in the in the oh, summer yes some delightful summer uh content i couldn't think of a more interesting word for it and that's the kind of stuff that's going to be coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. So. Yeah, yeah, me partially sunstroked, just not really trying, just sort of saying words that sound weird in my mouth when I'm saying them. There you go. Um, shit for me. Yeah. Don 
Honestly, it's getting worse. Was that Don Armand you broke up a bit there? Say that yes, again. Yes, it was. Uh, I swear that Don Armand's mullet has just yes. got more obnoxious as the city, as the season's gone on. Like, it was bad. It was always bad. But on Saturday, I was like, fuck me. Has he not thought to address that if he wants to be selected? Because he must know by now that that's what it is, really. Yeah. I mean, I don't support Eddie Jones. You know, it's Luke Cowan Dickey only came back into the squad when he got rid of the mullet. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, you know, I don't agree with Eddie Jones on many things, but I absolutely agree with his uh, exiling of Don Armand. Sorts his fucking haircut out. More power to him. What else have we got that's shit here? Michael Sinclair got in touch on Twitter. Mm. And he said, um, shit is having to say goodbye to over a thousand caps of good players for Ulster. Yeah, well, such is... Well, you might as well try something new, because having them has not fucking helped this season, Michael. No, so, you no. know. Look how many players the Ospreys are waving goodbye to at the end of this yes. season. They've basically just given up. He says Ulster, Ulster will be unrecognisable next year. Maybe that's for the best. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's the thing. The Ospreys put like a thanks for, the, for all of our leaving players thing on Twitter, and... There were so many of them, they had to put them all in a collage. There was literally <laughs> like a about, word well, cloud. <laughs> there was literally just a collage That's of all brilliant. these fucking players leaving. And it was just like, you know, oh, oh, there's Eli Walker. Oh, there's Ben John. Oh, there's Hannah. There's, uh, there's Dan Bigger. There's Reese Webb. There's, I could go on and on. There's literally 12 of them. And some of them are really good. And some of them aren't. Um, shit for me. Yeah. Binny Vunipola's luck. Again, this is a recurring theme, isn't it? You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Pick up your phone while driving, and you might need to be picked up from work. Break the speed limit, and you could be breaking plans with your mates. Leave L or N plates off your car and you could be left getting taxis for the next six months. So ask yourself, is it really worth it? Seven penalty points over three years will disqualify learner and novice drivers for six months. Steer clear of points and stay on the road. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Yeah, as much as as this whole latest setback thing doesn't sound like it's too serious, it just feels like... The poor guy hasn't completed a game of rugby since, like, stovepipe hats were in fashion or something. <laughs> You've got to feel for him. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe stovepipe hats <laughs> must come back to free him and from pipe. the curse. Yeah, maybe instead of those, like, whatever they are, like, upright bikes that are always on on the sidelines, maybe he should be on a penny farthing instead. Because <laughs> he definitely <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine Billy on a penny I mean, farthing. That would yeah. be, I would fucking love that. I mean, he wouldn't, but I would. <laughs> Yeah, so it, yeah, terrible. Um, yeah, you start to, sometimes you start to get a feeling, don't you? As, as much yeah. as you don't want to. What else have we got here? That shit. Colin Hotchkiss got in touch. Speaking of injuries, he said, "Shit, poor John Barkley. That that did look a bad one. Billy's didn't look too yeah. bad. 
he's torn his uh, Achilles, so he is uh, fucked, frankly, which is a real <laughs> shame because uh, he didn't. You see, you know didn't. that because you sat next to Les Prick, the club physio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can spot one of those things a fucking mile off. Um, but no, it is. It's genuinely. Uh, I I feel very badly for John Barkley because he's he's just he's a it's a rotten bit of luck to have when he's he's one game away from ending his Scarlet's career on the ultimate high and uh, yeah yeah to go out like that is and it, you know John Barkley has probably been he's up there with with Xavier Rush and and Jerry Collins and Marty Holler and Ben Blair and Regan King as as probably one of the best non-Welsh regional signings they've ever mm. done and uh, he's been fantastic so yeah a, a sad way for it all to end what else have we got here speaking of you've already mentioned the Ospreys but Kerry got in touch Keza Pazza <clears throat> on Twitter mm-hmm. and he, he said I think and obviously he or she because it can be either can't it well indeed in the Wales especially in, in Wales yeah and he said but shit particularly in Wales is the Ospreys attack playbook which basically consists of one move and it's called give it to Jeff which to be fair wasn't always the best move and I'd like to throw in an, an early good for Jeff Hassler well, shit actually is that Jeff Hassler is now unemployed yeah so actually that's their one move and he's not going to be there anymore yeah well just it's shit that Jeff Hassler's unemployed now because he's a genuinely very good test calibre winger and so yet why because unemployed? Um, because they have signed too many non-Welsh qualified players and as he is a Canada international uh but they why is he not to... getting another contract somewhere? That's what I can't understand. I don't really understand why, because he's an abs- like he's a not exactly the most subtle of wingers, but he is incredibly effective at mm. just running hard at things. If Ali Brew can get a job, <laughs> then Jeff Hassler can get a job. That's all I'm saying. Ollie Woodburn's doing all right with that approach, isn't he? Well, exactly. It's not like like playing wing at at club level requires the greatest degree of subtlety. You know, yeah, why is he unemployed? He won't be for long, I don't think. No. Um, what else have we got that's shit here? Jack Hurt... No, that was good. Well, I'm, I'm in the wrong bit. <laughs> Maybe. My um, notes well, are all wrong. Go on, you carry on. Shit, I've fucking shit, for, me, shit for me is the end of Scrum 5. Now, Ooh. we've all had plenty to say about the quality of Scrum 5 over the years and various issues that have played, played it. Chum 5 indeed, but the fact of the matter is the Scrum 5 is still an institution of Welsh rugby broadcasting, uh, and the fact that its demise also brings to uh, to an end free-to-air broadcasting of Welsh top-flight rugby in English for the first time since rugby was on telly full stop. Yeah, um, there is a kind of... Um, is is yeah. something worth worth marking as, as something that's quite sad, I think. And, and that's, you know, let's not forget that a lot of people are going to lose their jobs as well, probably. And no, we're not just talking about the Jiffies and the Sean Hollies of these world. He'll job. be fine. He'll be down he to will. his last 10 jobs is what, is what Jiffy will be Yeah, to. exactly. Um, but, you know, all the people who work on that that thing every week behind the scenes... Um, and I used to get all get... the clubs to come down and sit in the audience. Stuff. I, knew a few, yeah. I knew a few people who went and did that and stuff, you know. Yeah, and just the live, you know, the the live. I hope that all of the people in the live broadcast side of things get picked up by fucking Premier HD or whatever the fuck it is, because they, Lord knows, they probably need somebody to teach them how to do rugby in any kind of competent way. Um, the is, yeah. was it produced by the BBC? Because if it was, that's the problem, isn't it? Because a lot of these, it, like, if it's it produced was, by Sunset Vine produced, or something, they just transfer no. it over to a new channel, don't they? No, unfortunately, it was all produced in house by the BBC, so all those people are probably out of a job now. 
um, which said is that. very sad. Channel 4 did a very good job when they first took the cricket on. It so, did. And, so I don't see there's any reason. And that was Sunset and Vine, actually. And Channel 4 have got the... Uh, that's another fun thing we missed from the Wales... Uh, the news earlier is that mm. the Wales uh, mm. summer tests have been broadcast by Channel 4. Not Yeah, not Espedwarek. No, not Espedwarek. Actual proper Channel 4, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. What else have we got this year? Tom Pollock got in touch. Um, and he said that shit is BT Sports excruciating armchair psychologizing <laughs> of Cipriani. It's like being the, a fly on the wall at the third day of a wallpaper firm strategy away day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can you have yeah. the third day of an away day, Tom? Well, I'll, I'll let you have that one. I, I don't think I'd end of a, a third hey. year, a third day of an away weekend. Jack Hurst got in touch on Twitter yeah. and he said. Shit is the dominance of all the wins that happened this weekend. He said, but also shit is the ever-approaching void-like chasm, rugby chasm of the summer, and this is his words, not mine, yeah. unless you're a blood and mud patron on Patreon. This is very true. Like, just, you've probably only got, like... I don't, we, I'll have, we, we're so very organised, we haven't decided when we're going to knock it on the head for the summer yet, but <laughs> you, you are mere weeks away. <laughs> mere probably. weeks. Yeah. yeah, probably. Have you got any other shits there? <laughs> Uh, well, I've got, got one shit. Honestly, go on. I've got one. I've got one last one, and it's not very funny. So, but oh, it's got to be done. Go on. Then. Here we go. My shit. My final shit of the day is the absolute rank cowardice of the Exeter Chiefs. Like, yes. The New York Times ran an article this weekend detailing for its readers the prevalence of offensive Native American imagery, uh, American branding in sports outside of the USA. And unsurprisingly, the Chiefs were featured heavily, um, which included a, lo- a long list of the club's various uh, cultural appropriation greatest hits, like yeah. the war bonnets, the face paint, the totem poles. I, I didn't realise how bad it got, but fucking hell. Yeah, the, the bars re- named Tomahawk and... Thing and... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the club shop's called the Trading Post. It's fucking appalling. Um, and but everyone's favourite millionaire war bonnet aficionado Tony Rowe and his underlings seem dead keen to talk about literally everything else about the club and tell everyone what a brilliant club they are. But the second that they get journalists asking them to justify or even just engage, say one thing about this kind of continuous and egregious exploitation of harmful ratio stereotypes in the club's branding and marketing, they get a bit tongue-tied. And it doesn't matter if it's the local paper, a respected journalist, me, or indeed the most famous newspaper in the fucking world. Um, you don't even get so much as a fuck off. And it's just really pathetic because, like, if they don't That's think the what they're doing... Thing. Do you know, I can understand, you know, believe it or not, I do understand people have different opinions to me. And Yeah. You, you know, we know that. I've been round and round with a few people with a particular couple of people on Twitter this week about mm. this. And actually, it stopped being a discussion about rugby. It started being a discussion about how you see the world. Yeah. This is basically just a symptom of, of different views about how we see the world. And I understand yeah. that. That's fine. Yeah. But the fact that you don't, that as a club, like you said, they don't actually have, if you've got a conviction, then at least have the courage of it. Yeah. And well, come well, out I, I, and say, actually, we don't think it's a problem because of this reason, this reason, this yeah. reason. Now, now if, fuck off. Yeah, if this, like, if as as many tiresome fuckers on Twitter over the years have insisted to me that they're celebrating Native American culture instead of 
like appropriating yeah, it in a negative it way. Yeah. Why didn't he come out and say it? Instead, they refused to comment, and they've refused to comment on at least five or six separate occasions where they've been approached by proper media outlets now, and it just makes rugby look. <clears throat> it makes them look cowardly at best, and it makes rugby look backward because if Exeter think this issue is going to go away now, I've got news for you because. Once a newspaper with a global reach in the something of 10 million people every single fucking day starts making a big thing about it, you're not putting that fucking genie back in the bottle. You've been allowed to profit, and I don't use that word by accident, by the way, because it's been very profitable hmm. from an entire club identity that willfully abuses uh, dehumanising cultural stereotypes for like two decades now. So it's time to wake up, grow up, get on the right side of history while you can. Or if you don't think that, if you actually disagree with it and you think that you've got a leg to stand on, you fucking don't, by the way, but if you think you do, at least yes. have the balls to fucking come out and say it and explain why. There you go. There we go. I'd stand and applaud, but my headphones would come off. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. This podcast has this particular episode of the podcast has been brought to you by the letters W, T, F, and also massive technical difficulties. Oh, you won't believe. You so, might uh, notice there's a little bit of change in the quality of our voices halfway through. Oh yeah, it's because we've, we've had to jump between different software. Honest to God, the, and we the, want you the, to pay for this. It's fucking cheeky, isn't it? Really, <laughs> we are having a fucking laugh. To be fair, um, right. Um, so, but if you do pay, maybe we'll solve these problems. I don't know how. Yeah. I'll maybe, buy a teleporting I'll, device yeah. so I can beam to Maybe I'll get house. a slightly better laptop. Uh, <laughs> maybe. That is definitely something that we will probably do, actually. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so, so, good then, is it? Uh, have we got any more shit quickly that, that people have very submitted? Yeah, they're slightly more light-hearted than my uh, fucking network-esque rant. That's the second time I've, rent, I've yeah. referenced network. No, fair dues. Fair dues. We sometimes have to just make our position known, and that's fine. Yeah. As well, then everyone else would... makes their position known that they think yeah. we're idiots for thinking this. So why should we not yeah. just make our position yeah. known? Yeah. If you fine. were, if you were somehow unaware of, because <laughs> I, of my feelings on extra cheese branding, you fucking aren't now. So yeah, yeah, crack off. Uh, Ian Walsh got in touch. Said shit is just Glasgow, especially after I went all to all the effort of finding a pub in London showing the game. He said, oh, he, hey. said he said, I, he said I probably jinxed them. Well, tell you what, you're in good company with us, mate. So don't well, worry about in... it. Pull up a chair in a, next to the prick. And Tom Dale um, went to it and said, shit was 4G pitches, because you got Barker out for six months, Willis out for a year, the Scarlet squad sporting more friction burns than a... He uses a terrible simile there. A gangbang... <laughs> <laughs> a gangbang in a carpet factory. Um, it's a good simile, I'll give you that. Yeah, it it's slightly crass, but it is yeah. funny. Uh, major players, e.g. Chartres, who simply won't play on them. Yes. Proper research needs doing pronto. Uh, the weird thing was, do you remember when you might not remember because you don't follow rugby, but Witness Vikings had a had a proper artificial pitch, uh, and after about two games on it, they they, they ripped it up because basically that was again pictures on Instagram and stuff of people having like skin and rugby people aren't soft people. No, you know, but these aren't the injuries you start getting playing. That you know, you don't mind taking a bruise, no. do you? Even... It's like that thing, and everyone can, and everyone, uh, you know. And we were chatting about this before. You know, everyone's played on a fucking horrible hard mm. pitch in the summer. Yeah, with and... all over yourself to try and protect <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, and got some horrible fucking scuffs and scrapes because you're effectively playing on something that's as hard as fucking concrete and has about as much grass on it as a, you know, southern hemisphere wicket. But it shouldn't like. There's obviously a problem because these things happen now every year around about this time. Hmm. And it's very obvious that these artificial pitches are fine 
until the weather gets nice. Because whatever, you know, when they wa- they obviously water them heavily before games so that this yes. whole friction issue doesn't happen. But when the weather's hot and, and it's it nice, up. <laughs> it dries up quicker than they can water it. And that's obviously a fucking big problem. Some kind of irrigation system is required. <clears throat> I think it probably is because, you know, you can't have some of the... And it's not a new thing, but some of the sort of marks and scuffs that you've seen players having, you know, some of them needed to have fucking antibiotics for it. And it's like. That reminds me of my mate's dad who worked at ICI in Middlesbrough, and every year they used to have a raft race on the River Tees, and everyone else would have injections for the actually took part in it. (laughs) (laughs) The beautiful River Tees. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Should we go on to Blue flag. Yes. Uh, Tell you what's good is Steve Hansen's trolling game. It's fucking A+. Plus. Oh, God, I've yeah. got to get... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. saying Brad Shields would have made the All Black squad is a fantastic bit of mind <laughs> games because he makes sure that... Sh- not only does Shields know that he fucks up and he d- he's fucked up the chance of doing something that, realistically, Brad Shields probably dreamed about doing for his entire yeah. life. Regardless of what he's saying even, now. Even, yeah. even if it's completely untrue, he's done it. Um, but it's also, probably more importantly, he's using it as a warning for other uncapped young Kiwis, you know. Yes. This is this is what happens if you go up north chasing riches and residency qualifications. Uh, you know, you might just miss out on the chance to play. He did it. It's not the first time he's done it either because he said that about Johnny McNichol uh, when he joined the Scarlets a couple of years ago. He was like, oh, Johnny McNichol would have been in the All Black squad this summer. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, of course he wouldn't. Have. But and <clears throat> Hey, and but, I like Johnny McNichol, but no, he wouldn't. Yeah, Johnny McNichol was fantastic. He wouldn't have. But this is the line. But it's just fan- it's fantastic stuff, isn't it? It's just, he, he is... For and it's all a fact he talk- delivers it with that magnificent deadpan face as well. Yeah, That's the kind it's of- like... There's no sort of, for all the talk of Gatland being king of mind games or Eddie Jones being the king of mind games, he's not. Steve Hansen just, as you say, the because he has the biggest, most nature. powerful hand ever in rugby, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. I basically decide whether you get to be an All Black mate. So yeah. you know, so yeah, mind games. Thing. You know, yeah, it's no great. I loved it. What else? That looks good. Reese Patchell. He's very good, isn't he? Who once again, after a bit of, I'm not sure, does then he go? Oh, you know what? Fucking hell, mind you. Yeah. Warren Gatland, you know, you see why he gets paid the big bucks, can't you? Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, and especially given that it's like Anscombe absolutely fucking ran the show and totally mm. orchestrated that comeback the week before, and then Patchell just does that, and it's like oh, fucking hell, he's he good, mind. So well, he did play so um, well. Speaking of excellent fly-offs, Joe Simmons, yes, like. Honestly, sky's the limit for that kid. He can run, he can pass, he can control a game with his boot, and he's like 21. It's like, why is he not in the England squad? Re- genuinely, like, if Marcus Smith is the second coming of, or the third coming, or the 17th coming of whatever the fuck it is now, like, I know he looks more like a a test-ready player. And Marcus Smith looks very promising, by the way, but... Yeah. yeah, who who looks more ready to step into an international jersey right now? Again, but none of them are going to, are they? That's the joke oh god, no. Well, that's the thing. That. So you might you might as well have a crack at somebody that it might could be genuinely that me. Jones is happy to let Joe Simmons develop his craft at Exeter because he trusts them to do it properly. That is a very good point. Actually. It could be yeah. Quincy actually says, 
you know, I don't trust you. I, d- I can't they trust are, you to develop this they properly. They are a farce over there. <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to send them Paul. I'm not leaving his development up to that fat man. Bring him into, bring him, bring him into the England squad. Uh, it's yeah. exactly what Steve Hansen said when Harlequins <laughs> yes. took over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have we got that's good? I've already mentioned Marowitoji, so I won't mention that again. Have you got um, anything else? Uh, yes, uh, Villy Larue. Remember when he was shit? Yeah, and he's like, like last he's, year. In, he's in all he the 15s really of the shit. season, isn't he? And now he's electric again. And he was like Wasp's best player on the park, and he just scores loads of tries. I think we, he... we all just assume he's going to drop into a new culture and a new rugby team and mm. just be like they were out in the club they were in before. It's not easy, yeah. is it? You know it I mean? takes a little while to adjust. On the flip side, though, James Lowe. Uh, ridiculous testament to Lance's strength and depth oh. that they won the Champions Cup a few weeks back without him even in the squad. And they had something um, called Barry Daly in the squad. <laughs> yes. Um, but obviously <laughs> they were just weekend. keeping him fresh for a, a one-man demolition job that he was doing on Monsters <laughs> Defence. He's just, yeah, he's really good. He's going to be able to play for Ireland in two years. Uh, yes. Because, uh, uh, you know, they need more fucking depth, don't they? they yeah. Boris yeah. people as well. Absolutely fantastic. What have Can't we got wait. here that's good? Where's the beef got in touch all the way from the US of A and said good is the US Major League Rugby selling out games with raucous, enthusiastic crowds. He said, but shit is the stadium announcers trying to get the crowd to boo the ref and opposing team kickers like it's a WWE or some shit. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Okay, well, I actually... Like the ref's that. a heel. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> the ref comes out in a massive 10-gallon hat. <laughs> yeah. Just gets thrown over the announcers table. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know it's great to see how uh, Major League Rugby actually seems to be really properly being embraced, uh, particularly in places like Seattle. Um, yeah, I'm following them on Twitter. They're doing quite a job there, aren't they? They're, they are. What are they called? And, and, the sea Wolves or something? Seattle Sea Wolves. And I tell you what else. They uh, tell you who owns a bit of the Seattle Sea Wolves. Uh, the New Zealand, well, the Canterbury Rugby Union owns a bit of the Sea Wolves. Uh, everything mm. sounds better when you put sea at the beginning. Yeah. Sea Wolves, Sea Snake, Sea, sea Dog, Sea Dog, sea, sea Cat, Sea Haskell. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. No. I'd rather not see Haskell. It's all the same to me. <laughs> Right, what else have we got that's good? Colin McBride got in touch, and mm. he said that uh, cast... Yeah. I guess I'm all right, guess I'm all I did it. I fucking medleyed it. I'd like to report a crime. <laughs> I fucking medleyed it. <laughs> On my ears. <laughs> yeah, that team won yeah. away in Toulouse despite playing the last 20 minutes with 14 men and not yes. considering that time. He said, and but Leon beat Toulon as well away, which <laughs> is mad. He yeah. said, but shit is every mention of that team now puts the music of the mediocre 90s Britpop act at the same <laughs> name in my head. Well, I've given Look. you a medley there yeah. to... to to lullaby yourself to either to sleep tonight with or at work in the morning. You could not have sent that in and spared us all that. So thanks for that. I was well gutted done. when they went out of Europe, so I couldn't keep springing that every week. <laughs> That's me done. Uh, have you got any yeah. shit? Uh, my final good. Oh, good. Oh. Um, is Chris Ashton playing for England, uh, playing against England for the Barbarians? <laughs> Honestly, can't wait. I can't wait to see how much of a prick he's going to be. Yeah. Um. 
it's just going to be really fun because he's going to have such a chip on his shoulder yeah. and he's already such a bell end. <laughs> Can you imagine what he's going to do? Also, actually, that Barbarians team is fucking box office. Uh, Bundy Aki, Luke McAllister. He's injured, Aki, isn't he? Jo- oh, is Aki injured now? Yeah, because he was going to captain the money. He was. Uh, Joshua Tuasova, uh, Samuel Adrada, Justin Tipperich, Victor Vito, Wilton Delane, uh, Delan, rather. If Pat Lamb can stop him boozing long enough to actually do some training... <laughs> They'll they're be, the people you like, should pick for a barbarian team because you can't put any moves together, can you? It is just like, no, just fucking just, get on there and get balling. Effectively, a bunch of sevens players, ridiculous individual expressionists, and let them just crack on. It's Har- it'll be Harlem Globetrotter stuff. I hope they win. It'll be hilarious. Jamie O'Connell got, did actually get in touch on Twitter and said about Bundyaki being injured, so I won't nick that off him. Yeah, so that Jamie is shit. He also has repealed the eighth hashtag in his, in his title. And I think, well, yeah. I think we'd both support that, wouldn't we? Yeah, hashtag I'm, repeal the eighth. I'm not... Irish and I don't live in Ireland, but I think if I did, I'd be voted to repeal the eighth. You'd be shocked yeah. to know. I think I think we can all probably. Well, I say we can all probably. I think you and I can certainly uh, <laughs> agree that that would be a good thing. Yeah, so yeah. So if we could do any kind of phone vote or fraud in, then I would do it. That yeah. Way. If we if we can inspire you to get out and vote this week, uh, then crack on. Go repeal you the eighth. Probably, because you probably were anyway. Because to be you know, let's be honest. Women get to do what the fuck they want with their bodies and yeah. stop fucking ruining it for them. Yeah, I mean, don't just don't don't do it on our say so. But no, like... no, but you know, <laughs> yeah, not don't do it for don't repeal the eighth for us. <laughs> yeah, well, it won't but... do any good for me. No, repeal the eighth for you know wrong chromosome and, and wrong country. Yeah, it's all it's, but... a double, it's a double wrong. Yeah, repeal it for common sense and human decency. Ugh. And on that note. Blood and mud, a message for common sense and human decency. Can we sound like fucking UKIP or something? I know. Speaking of UKIP, what about that Gloucester logo? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah I, uh... <laughs> Some people have You're said that it looks like a... Should we do a lion? Yeah. Pub? <laughs> Should we? Somebody said that it looked like uh, the Leicester Tigers logo drawn in jizz, which... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful. And like, yet accurate, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, welcome oh, to Sports 2018. Welcome, Danny Cipriani. Indeed. You Hashtag do put on a lot of you lads, I tell you. You lost the fans. Right uh, then, that's us done. That's a more appropriate oh, way for us to end. Podcast, this has been an be hour and ten minutes of your time to listen to this, but you would not believe the pain yes. that we've been through trying to get this finished. Orgian stable shit. <laughs> anyway. The Twelve trials of the one-legged Hercules. <laughs> anyway, speak to you all soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care, everybody. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network.